is back for 2018 as a football sec podcast for Russia. Welcome to another episode of the Football Sack Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Smith, back in my hosting chair after an episode break. We're going to wrap up the first half of a round of 16 games, which means giving a French toast, saying adios to a drab Spanish side, and waving goodbye to Messi and the other Ronaldo. I'm joined today by a man who stands up to show off his quads every time he prepares to send an email at work, Aaron Corlett. Well, it is true that I've been at the gym lately. But I wouldn't quite call myself Quadzilla. You do. Uh, I do like that you uh, you pulled up your trousers to uh, actually <laughs> before saying that. Boys, I'm ready for a big pod. What can I say? <laughs> also joining us today, the man who can claim to have scored more goals with his face than Edison Cavani. It's Jeremy Tarong. Good morning, boys. This time in two weeks' time. Uh, the whole World Cup will be wrapped up, so we're in the home stretch now. That's yeah. a sad thought, to be oh, honest. No, yeah, no, it no. is. It's been a really good tournament up to this point. Uh, I I normally love the group stage a lot more than I do the knockout stage, but it's been pretty good so far. It's served up a couple of good games and a couple which less good. We'll get to those. Some shock results as well. So yeah, yeah, it's been some. There's been some brilliant uh, results, brilliant performances. Brilliant company all around as well. How are you, how's your sleeping uh, patterns going? Have you have they adapted? I had a big nap yesterday afternoon just because I knew that Spain and Russia would go long. I didn't know it was going to be extra time and then penalties, <laughs> but I'm so glad I had a nap. It's it was needed. Uh, we're just lucky we live out in the west. Imagine if we were out east, boys. It'd be stupid o'clock staying up to watch those games. So. Yeah. yeah, it felt it like lucky. it was stupid o'clock watching that Spain team. Oh. <laughs> Something was stupid at least. Yeah. Uh, we will get on to Spain straight away. They are out after losing a penalty shootout to Russia. One all after ninety minutes. One all after extra time. Surely that was a we should have we should have golden goal, shouldn't we? After that, Aaron. I just thought SBS, you know, they were so nice in showing Spain's training run. You know, the first thirty <laughs> minutes. I was waiting for the game to begin. Um, but yeah, just it was a pass-a-thon. Um, just having a look at the stats, um, Spain had 1,114 passes to Russia's 290. Um, yeah, it was boring, little, to be honest. A, a little um, disparance there. Um, but Spain hadn't lost, I think, in two years up until this game last night. And I don't think Russia had ever beaten Spain as well. So Spain would have come in very, um, very confident as well. Um, Where'd it go wrong, boys? Well, just no... The finishing was terrible from Spain. I don't think they... Well, they didn't really create many chances. There was chances. no penetration in that final third. It, they got to the edge of the area and just passed it around and around and around. It, but you know about why they haven't lost in two years? Because they just bore the opposition to death. <laughs> and and the audience too, to be honest. Um, I was Do thinking, we know they haven't lost in two years, or is it? Did everyone just fall asleep and just assume like over those, every <laughs> yeah, Spanish we, game? We, over we the thought last we, two they'd years. wake up and they'd be winners, um, but yeah, like they just passed the ball around in their final two thirds a lot as well, um, and a lot's been made out about David de Gea's performance this World Cup as well. For someone who's meant to be one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in the world, it's had a bit of a shocker as well. Um, in the World Cup, you've seen the last few World Cups, you need a solid goalkeeper. You know, Man- Manuel Neuer um, you know, was outstanding for Germany last World Cup campaign. De Gea, he's had a couple of sort of shockers, um, easy goals let through this year. 
I found myself so bored last night that I was counting the dots on the Russian jersey. And <laughs> how, then, many, how many were there, Aaron? About 72. <laughs> and then when I stopped counting that, when I was done counting that, I started counting the triangles on the Spanish jersey. How many, and how many are there? <laughs> about 72 as well. Um, I guess the main talking point from the first half was the penalty. What did you boys think? I thought it was very weird that PK had his arm that high above his head because that is not a natural position. When I jump for a football, I don't raise my arms above my head unless unless I'm playing Australian rules football, which is very rare. But if I'm playing, <laughs> you know, the world game, I'm never ever raising my arms above my head to jump like that. It was just perplexing. And then he looked like you you know referees are going to blow for a penalty if they see that. I just don't get why PK... Yeah, it was like a brain snap to me. I don't know how you guys saw it, but... I guess now we can see why he's called Jared PK, as in penalty kick. <laughs> <Ba-dum-tsh>. <laughs> Aaron's um, here all week, guys. Try the deal. <laughs> but you just don't put yourself in that situation, no, though. You don't. Like, yeah, you don't put your arms up to give the referee any chance to give you um, or to penalise you. Um, I think PK knew exactly what he was doing. He stuck his arm up just in case the ball came back across, across the goal, and, you know, he'd impeded it. Like, um, just don't do that. There's no need to put your arms up in that situation. And yeah, like I, I don't think he has much to to argue for. I, I mean, he was he wasn't facing the ball when it happened. I guess you could make that argument. But I just thought it was just a, such a peculiar decision for him to make in that situation. And we've seen penalties at this World Cup given That's for right. yeah. similar things. So I just just don't know why what went through his head. Yeah, and, and Justin, I mean, one of our fellow podcasters, Stu Horton, thought it wasn't a penalty, that it wasn't deliberate. I mean, to be fair, nowhere in the rule books does it say, um, you know, your arm has to be in a natural position or unnatural position to, to be penalised. Um, but yeah, just don't give the referee any opportunity to do that. Obviously, Stu knows all the rules. Yeah. Uh, we could have looked it up ourselves, but he knows everything. He yeah. is, you know, the walking the encyclopedia. <laughs> I'm not going to question him. I would, but he's not on the pod, so we'll, yeah, so, so we'll talk about him behind his back. <laughs> uh, are you guys happy to see Russia go through? I mean, they've been a bit... They, you know, obviously coming in, they were expected to crash and burn, including... By, uh, you know, obviously, Sean Fry, one of our own, <laughs> famously predicted they would be the worst host nation of all time, and now they've knocked out one of the pre-tournament favourites. So. How much humble pie do you think he's eating? A uh, lot. I think a lot. Um, I th- 72 slices to continue <laughs> with the theme of 72. I thought that neither team should have gone through. I that actually- game was so bad, I think Croatia should, should just be let into the semis. I mean, that helps me out. I've got them in the sweep. I'll gladly take them in the I, semis. I, had, I have Spain in one of the sweeps, and I was still actively cheering for them to be knocked out after that display. <laughs> It was like the Simpsons game, the Portugal versus Mexico game, where they're just passing it amongst each other and Russia are just kind of watching them. That was, it was so drab. And just the fact you can have all that possession, but still not think, hang on, we need to get a goal. The lack of penetration, lack of movement in the final third. I think Iago Aspas came on for Spain 
And the first time I think I noticed was he made three runs within about 10 seconds. I think the third one, he finally got the ball. And I thought, that's what they need. They need someone to move the Russian defenders around, you know, make the, you know, move the holding midfielders around. But and he didn't do too much after that. But at least he showed some initiative when he came on. And, you know, the likes of, you know, Koke and uh, Busquets in midfield just weren't penetrating enough with their with their passing and you know it was just it was just a sad performance um credit to russia for their defensive performance you know they held great shape throughout the game um so in that sense they did deserve you know to to go through you know in an attacking sense they didn't offer much um maybe lucky with a penalty depending how you saw uh but i think the the less talk about this the better i think we should move on I would, just before we go, I would like to mention Igor Akinfeev. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right. The <laughs> Russian, uh, it, going into the tournament, he was probably the biggest name Russian player. You know, he's been around for a while. I uh, was linked w- with a move to some big clubs a while ago, but never really materialized. He was pretty good during the game. And then that penalty save to win, to send Russia through, he's going, he's, the penalty's beaten him. And he sticks a leg up and diverts over the bar. That was tremendous. Yeah, very, very good goalkeeping. Yes, yeah. You, you don't script for that to happen, but, you know, very good save. Meanwhile, I think our fellow podcaster, Louis Granich, will be pretty happy. Uh, Croatia threw on penalties after a one-all draw with Denmark. Uh, Luka Modric missed a late penalty in extra time to prove that maybe he is a human being after all. But, you know, uh, Denmark, I didn't give any chance going in to this game. I thought Croatia would steamroll them. They took the lead in the most Denmark way fashion, a goal which I don't know how it went in, but that's kind of a theme of their tournament, isn't it, Aaron? Very odd game. Um, Two really early goals, you know, in the first minute and then the fourth minute, um, and then nothing for the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, that's that's odd to me. But um, I think we're all happy to see the the back of Denmark. <laughs> they didn't really offer too much to the tournament. We're lucky against Peru, lucky against Australia, lucky that France had nothing to pay for, uh, play for in that last group game. And then lucky here, Mo- lucky Modric missed a penalty in extra yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. So goodbye Denmark. Imagine if Russia, you had. No one would be able to say they had Russia and Denmark in the quarterfinal heading oh, into crazy, this tournament. Crazy. And that could have very well could have happened. I mean, it just shows how much is on Christian Eriksen's shoulders, isn't it? Um, you know, he was no so, one to alleviate that's that right. workload. You know, you saw he, he was the difference between Australia and Denmark. And now these final games, he was nowhere to be seen. Um, I think we've seen teams who rely on one player. You know, they haven't got very far. We will get on to, you know, the games from the previous night soon but when you rely on one player and you have no other one that no one else that can kind of step up and win you the game you're always in danger of going out complete opposite to Croatia isn't it you know their midfield is probably the best midfield at the World Cup right now um, Luka Modric um, surely do you think Modric is uh, the favorite for the golden ball at this stage Jess oh this stage yeah he's uh, absolutely lighting it up um, there's so much of the tournament left to play. I, you know, I think it's anyone's anyone could win it from here. Yeah, I mean, if they get knocked out the next round, then yeah, that'll be that. But uh, Russia yeah. just arsing their way to the World Cup yeah. final. <laughs> if Russia get into a semi final, you know, is that their biggest turn up in World Cup history? Oh, I I'll mean, do. I'll do a vo- shot of vodka. 
<laughs> if, if they make the final, but we'll, I'm that we'll, confident. We'll bring in some vodka. I famously next. said before the tournament I'd do a vodka shoey if Jamie McLaren didn't go to Russia. And then he didn't, and then did in the end. So, so you're lucky. In I'm sense. very lucky. So, did that surely happen? Can we make that happen? No, because he went to Russia. But he made <laughs> you know, the can squad. We, can we make a new bet and then make you drink a you know a shui of of uh, vodka? Uh, next question. <laughs> anyway, on to the next game. Uh, we did, of course, witness one of the games of the tournament: France beating Argentina four three. What a cracking game this was. Jeremy, is, was this better than Spain's three-all draw with Portugal? Uh, I don't think so. I think Ooh, it was a pretty boring first half. Where I think it was only just... I don't know um, about odd. that. I well, thought it was solid. Di, di Maria sort of brought it to life um, with his cracking shot outside the penalty box. Um, very good second half. The first half was a bit of a bore fest. Uh, but, yeah, very, very good performance by um, France. Now that Ronaldo and Messi are both out of the tournament, I think this is now Kylian Mbappe's uh, tournament to light up now. So I think all eyes are on him from here on in. Apparently, he is the first teenager to score multiple goals in a knockout World Cup game since Pelé. Ooh, now, that's, that's, that's a good company. That's, that's a very big name right there for Mbappe. Um, but getting to the game, yeah, first half. I think we're all chatting in the group chat and we're all a bit bored. I maybe, wasn't maybe. too bored. I thought it was all right. I'd, <laughs> you know, I was, I was just... Ex- I think maybe it was just Mbappe looking so dangerous every time he got my ball. I didn't think it was a bad first half. I thought I thought it was all right. I didn't think like it wasn't nowhere near as good as the second half, obviously. But I thought it was yeah good for a solid first half. You know, and so often you see games fizzle out between big nations at a World Cup. I thought that first half was perfectly fine. I think the biggest talking point though that we have to uh, hit on is who had the better goal, Di Maria or Pavard? What did you guys like? It's Pavard all the way. Oh, no, I'm Di Maria. I've watched the... There's a really good angle of that Pavard goal. We'll put it on, I'll put it on my football sack Twitter later today. It's from behind Pavard, and the, spit, the spin he gets on that shot is incredible. The fact that it, the way it curves in... Uh, like when you think about like how he struck it, like how he had to hit it that well, I I don't think he'll ever hit another ball as well as that. Whereas Di Maria might, you know, Di Maria is a very good player and has you know he's he's got a habit of scoring great goals. That Pavar one, that's for me, that's the goal of the tournament so far. Apparently, that's his third goal in senior football. No, <laughs> not <laughs> a bad time one. To score it. Um, I think the biggest compliment we can give Argentina is they finally made France play play well that's right they they bought the best out of Pogba didn't they who had his best game of the tournament they had that period there in this you know um you know midway through the second half where they just they lit up the game just that some of the passing movement I think Mbappe's second goal just the way that they just slice through the Argentinian defense that was incredible and then the finish from Mbappe that that run for the penalty from Mbappe who by the way his name reminds me of Hansen I don't think we're ever going to be paid as singers. He'll do that after when it, if he wins the World Cup for France. Hansen will come back and they'll do a song about killing Mbappe in his honor. But that run for the penalty that was incredible. Just that burst of speed. I, I've you know I don't watch too much. I haven't really seen much of Mbappe before this tournament, I, and he was one name I was really looking forward to see. And he was incredible on Saturday night. 
Just the run for the penalty was phenomenal. I and mean, then he took his two goals pretty well. Got a bit lucky with his first, but, you know. France, for me, are now favourites for the tournament. Does anyone want to fight me on that one? I, Honest- I just think that... <laughs> The attacking talent they have, if that can come together, that's always been the biggest question mark on this squad. But if that can come together, then they've got a real chance. Do you think the they're fi- do you think they're they're rolling now? Like this wasn't a kind of flash in the pan. They're going to continue with this. Are we now going to sing Limp Biscuit? Is this where <laughs> is this where <laughs> on, this a scale of, on a scale of one to ten, where one is Limp Biscuit song rolling and ten is Neymar's performance against Serbia? How much are they rolling? Well, they're friendly. They're definitely Fred Durst. I can, <laughs> I can say that. Um, I believe Neymar is still rolling. I, I see him outside the studio here. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's rolling his way. Just, over there, to by the way, while we're talking about this, there's an amazing gif where someone has photoshopped the rolling Neymar into the Mbappe run, which created the penalty. So Mbappe <laughs> oh. is kicking the rolling Neymar. It's absolutely brilliant. It's probably the, f- the best thing I've seen all tournament on social media, and that's saying a lot. I saw one where Neymar's rolling, and then the Brazilian goalkeeper, you know, when he stomped on the balloon, he stomped <laughs> on Neymar, and then Neymar popped. For me, that was a, that was a personal favourite too. And on the on the flip side, obviously, uh, is this the end of Lionel Messi's Argentina career? He's retired once. Is he going to go down the route of John Farm- Farnham and just have multiple comebacks just keep over coming the years? Back. Um, I think he'll keep on going. I think, um, I mean, Argentina, they're this massive footballing nation, but I think they just don't get it right down at their lower tiers. Um, you know, I think they're, they're under 20s or, or their mm. Olympic side. They're no good. Um, and... All of their top end talent are getting older. You see, Mascherano. I think he he's gone this now. Is, yeah, I think yeah. he may have even retired. He's after retired the now. Game. Um, um, what a servant he's been. And um, what was Messi doing in the game? He was playing a false nine. He dropped back so deep. It's one of it, they're trying to get their best player closest to goal, but he's never been a false nine. He's not. That's not his game. They and this is the thing Argentina have never done well. They've never found a way to build the team around Messi and find a position which works best for him. And they've got, the thing is, they've got the attacking options to probably fit him into a... What about the filth that was left on the bench? Higuain, Aguero, Dybala. Oh, boys. I think the question about whether Messi continues, um, you know, it's all about the politics of Argentinian football. You know, there's more politics there than uh, than Canberra. Um <laughs> You know, it, it apparently I do think a, they've it, had less prime ministers in Australia have in the last ten years. So there's going to be a bit of a shake-up, I believe, after this tournament, and we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, if if Messi's not happy with whatever coach is put in place, or the, you know the setup, or the, whoever the president is, then I think you know he might be done. He might retire. Maybe he'll come back. You know. Do you think he has too much power, then, Aaron? There was a lot of questions about who is picking the side. Was it Sampaioli? Was it Mascarano? Was it Messi? I don't think Messi was picking the side. He wouldn't have picked himself no, as a I false nine. So. Um, just Maybe Icardi was picking the side because he wasn't at the tournament. <laughs> uh, it was weird. Um, I think Argentina, you know, they played okay in that game, but probably deserved to go out. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the end for, for Messi. You know, probably don't think they were going to win the next tournament. If there was a the time for them to win, it'd be this tournament. Um, I mean... He has every right to, to go on because he's so good. He's probably earned that right. Um, but look, it's uh, I think his time's up. Of course, France will now play Uruguay, who prevailed 2-1 over Portugal. 
Jeremy, did you think that was a deserved result, given what you've seen of both sides? Did you think that Uruguay were going to win going in? Uh, no, I didn't think they would win, but they showed that you know Suarez and Cavani up front, they're what you want up front. They work for each other. They're absolute engines. They just run all day, and they know each other. You know, They work yeah. well in tandem, um, and that's what you want going into these, you know, deep into the tournament. Um, you know, Watch out, I'd say. I saw a great video of that second goal, uh, where it just shows Suarez's selflessness in the build-up, where he competes with two centre-backs for the header, wins the header to Cavani, and then makes a really unselfish run, which completely opens up the field for Cavani to slot home. And it just shows like what an intelligent player he is. What a, even when he doesn't have a ball, he's still so dangerous, because what, what he's doing is creating space for his teammates. Cavani was the star in the game, I thought. Those two finishing two finishes were great. The header was fantastic. The, the face, you mean. The <laughs> header, yeah. the face, whatever, you know. He got, it, I, he got it in the net. The he Falcon. did the main thing. And then the finish. Oh, my gosh. That, you know, the, um, the side-footed finish was incredible. I'm a big incredible. fan of those first-time side-foot finishes. They, oh, they're, they're very they're fun quality. On the other side, I thought Ronaldo was nullified during the game. It's a Definitely. question mark that we had. Can Ronaldo, you know, help Portugal, you know, uh, continue through the tournaments? And if he's nullified, you know, can anyone else, tell, anyone else step up? I thought Ronaldo Silva played well, but no, not quite good enough to. They I needed guess, a couple more Bernardo Silvers, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, Portugal had 20 shots during the game, but only five on target. I think that shows you that they just weren't sounds clinical like my enough. Saturday night. <laughs> sounds like the Socceroos, to be honest. You know, just not. We wouldn't have enough. 20 shots. We'd probably have about, have have about five. five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we get two on target, both of which were probably penalties. I just think it's sad that we lost two goats. You know, to the tournament. Modric is still in, though. <laughs> Mbappe's still there too. He is. Um, just on the fashion stakes as well, you know, we've we've already talked about Ronaldo with his, uh, you know, pulling up his shorts. I thought his goatee was disgraceful. You know, it was worse than his performance, really. I don't oh. know what was going on there. He's a good-looking boy, but um, yeah, keep it clean, eh? Hey? Like, yeah, uh, keep 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 the eyes on the quads. I reckon. Like, I think his uh, his wife or his girlfriend, whoever you know, his partner before the game, you know, he. Had the goatee and he said to her, oh, you know, do I look good? And yeah, she was just too, like, too yeah. scared to say, you know, actually, <laughs> maybe not. Up. If she'd said no, he would have sobbed in the bathroom for about an hour. I'm hideous. <laughs> I thought what was incredible in the game as well that, you know, Portugal, Uruguay, the two teams that we think, you know, have a lot of bastards. And there was I only... I was expecting them to just kick lumps out of each other. There was only one yellow in the 94th minute to Ronaldo for descent towards the referee. <laughs> But for Pepe not to, you know, to um, decapitate someone or... For Suarez to bite someone. Yeah. No, Su- Suarez has been on his best behavior. Yes. Obviously, the coach has said to him, you know, oh, if you bite anyone, then uh, you're... You know. Drinks are on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just... Yeah, look, I was expecting... I was gonna, I was a bit like Hans Molman from The Simpsons. We paid for blood. <laughs> um, just talking about the fashion as well, the Uruguayan tops as well. They're so tight. Very, no, it leaves nothing to the imagination, does it? Exactly. Um, they've obviously been hitting the gym, but I thought... Those nipples could cut glass. <laughs> <laughs> the puma tops always just... I don't know. I, I, I'd be scared about wearing them. You know, I've got a little bit of a belly, and I think if I yeah. wore them, you know... Yeah, they'd... I think you and I, Aaron, don't look too good in those, <laughs> but... Uh... 
Yeah. But a, Louis, a Louis at... Greenwich type would relish it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd love he that. He probably walks around in that all day, doesn't he? <laughs> he did actually recently at football. He borrowed my polo because he'd left his at home and I was on the bench. And he did co- say like how tight it was and how good it made him feel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Louis. I, I, <laughs> shout out to Louis. I also like the idea, um, you know, Ronaldo and his quads, the fact way he lifts his shorts up. Do you think he does that every time he attempts to complete like a meaningless, like not a meaningless task, but maybe like a mundane task? Like he goes to post a letter and he just hitches up his shorts and takes a deep breath. I don't blame him if he does that. If any posts it and runs across and does his little jump and power stance. Those, those quads, there's something spectacular, to be honest. You know, how many hours in the gym has he spent, you know, working on those? Oh, yeah. Over 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> or 72. <laughs> 72. Uh, I, did, I hope when he's heading back to uh, Portugal, he's on the plane and he has to fill out, you know, the little card, the immigration card. I hope he kind of, when he's doing it, just as he's about to do it, he just hitches up his shorts on the plane, takes a deep breath as he fills it out. A big run-up as well. Hands it into the customs officer, walks through customs and does his jump and power <laughs> stance. Is it the last time we've seen Ronaldo at a World Cup as well? Do we, do we no, think No, I don't done? think the Portuguese Federation will let him retire. <laughs> They'll bring him out in a wheelchair? I, I think he relishes the international stage a lot more than Messi. So I could. he's a bit like Tim Cahill. He's never... This is the only time I'll ever compare Ronaldo to Tim Cahill. But... Cahill has always wanted to represent his country at the highest level. He's always relished that importance put on him at national team level. Uh, whereas Messi has always kind of felt like it looks like it's kind of been a burden, like it's weighed on his shoulders a bit too much. So I think I think they'll both be back. But if I had to choose one that would definitely be back, it would easily be Ronaldo. Yeah, you think Ronaldo would be there at the next Euros? And I think he'll be 37 at the next World Cup. Um, he'll still yeah. be leading the line yeah, he's, hashtag he's, legacy <laughs> a, 50, a 58 year old Cristiano Ronaldo still to- Portugal's top scorer of the 2040 World Cup <laughs> probably still be the best striker by then as well yeah of course the remainder of the round of 16 games are also upon us Brazil and Mexico is on at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time Monday night uh, Brazil and Mexico should be very spicy a couple of young guns in the limelight as well. Um, oh, are you yeah. talking about Kyrie Irving Lozano? Yeah, I am. I the am. pod favourite. He's become a little cult hero of ours, hasn't he? Um, we yeah. all need to get Lozano jerseys, I think. Well, I've got the I've got the Mexican jersey. I just need the lettering and uh, I'm off. Well, I've got a Kyrie Irving jersey. Does that count? <laughs> Put two and two together. <laughs> um, but look, 22 years old. He's absolutely lighting it up at the moment. And at the other end, you've also got... Um, Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. Um, you know, let's see what he can do, hey? I uh, like Stu's comments about um, Jesus not being uh, crucified. Not yet. That <laughs> was, uh, was enjoyable. I think we're going to see some upsets. Um, we've seen some so far, but there's more to come. I, I give Mexico a chance of beating Brazil. Definitely. I think they play the way they did against Korea and Germany. They're going to scare this Brazil team, who I don't think has been really properly tested yet. I think they're they're probably my favourites of this stage to win it, but I could very easily. I've loved watching Mexico play, and I think they're going to really give they're going to give Brazil a shake. Whoever knocks out Brazil will probably play in the final. Fair to say, yeah. Coming up against Mexico this round, probably Belgium or or Belgium or Japan next round. Um, knock them out. 
give yourself a real good chance in the final. I, I think Neymar's the bastard of the tournament so far for his uh, rolling antics. Wouldn't mind seeing him go home back to Brazil, you know, have a little Roll holiday. Roll to Brazil. Roll, you know, keep rolling back. Um, for the next game, Sweden and Switzerland, I've just written in my notes, ZZZ. Is this the most boring round of 16 game? I was going to say, it's very underwhelming, isn't it? I you, you never know. It might end up being a three-all classic in the game of a tournament. Probably not, though. Doubtful, doubtful. I, this is, I don't know who I'd back. Maybe Sweden. They're riding the wave. They, you know, they were very close to beating Germany, and they beat Japan and thrashed Mexico in that final game. I... Interestingly, they've had um, a lot of work with a psychologist in the lead up to the tournament. So I don't know. Maybe, do you think that might help them, Aaron? Maybe when it comes to penalties, if it if maybe. it gets to that stage, you know, point, to actually outsight the opposition. I think Sweden are lucky that they topped the group. It was a very strange group. You know, who would have thought Sweden would top the group and Germany would finish last? That's very strange. On the other side, I think Switzerland do have a few weapons. Uh, Shakiri's playing all right enter shakiri that's what i say <laughs> sweden are actually unbeaten in the last three games against switzerland as well so um, i think the swedes will probably go in there uh, full of confidence um and yeah no one gave sweden a chance going into this world cup as well for so for them to have a chance to make it you know deep into the tournament that's probably going to fuel them well no one thought they'd even get through italy in the playoff that's right so for them to get this far it's pretty incredible there's also the matter of Belgium versus Japan. Jez, do you think Japan can cause a shock here or will it be business as usual for the Belgian team? Well, they were very impressive in the last uh, group stage um, victory, weren't they? But Belgium, for how long have they been the dark horse? You just look at their team and it's just chock full of you know, stars. Um, you know, I think Belgium will get the, the job done. Um, Aaron? I've ranked every team in the tournament one through the thirty-two about who I'm who I'm supporting. <laughs> Japan. Can we will... see? Can we take a picture of this so we can put it up online at some point? We can. We can. Okay. Japan were fourth, but the way they played against Poland in the last game, you know, not attacking the game at all, they've kind of fallen a bit for me. Are they I, outside I, the top ten? Uh, they might. They might be outside the top five <laughs> at this stage. But so you'd expect them to make the quarterfinals based on your supporting <laughs> power rankings. Whether you Just like it or not. Your bandwagoning rank and rankings, basically. Just the negativity in that game. I mean, it's just got me... Even when Coach said he was he didn't want them to win, did he? he said that they didn't deserve a spot because of how badly they played. <laughs> so for me, I don't mind if Japan go home. I expect Belgium to you know win 2 or 3 nil here. I think they've got goals in them, obviously, with the attacking quality. Yeah, Japan, going, going forward, yeah. they, they look very good, don't they? Lukaku um, is probably the favourite to win the um, the golden boot now. But yeah, I think Japan are going home. Sayonara. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! And Jeremy, do you think uh, Colombia can prevent football from going home to England? Look, England probably haven't been tested um, so far, have they? playing two minnows and then you saw what happened against uh, a very Belgium. weird strange game very strange Belgium. yeah more changes than uh, madonna's wardrobe i think <laughs> um but look this is probably the first time um they'll probably really be tested here um i think columbia can get it done they, they look really good going forward they're quick they're energetic um they're exciting 
I think Colombia will get the uh, the job done, boys. Football is not going home, boys. I think England but are going home. But the fans are singing the song and everything. It must oh, be going home. It must be happening. It must be happening. No, it's not going to happen. I think Colombia are going to get the chocolates. Um, just having a look at Jemez, uh, I think his results um, are, are positive and he, he may play. That'll be a big, big boost for Colombia. I just think England are a bit average, to be honest. See, I disagree. I think they're... They, you know, they played, they were a better team against Tunisia, obviously left it late to win, but they have showed signs. They have a very distinct style, which is something I can't say of a lot of the teams. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, as being half English, I will be getting up for it. I also, I do think though, there is a big, like Colombia have every chance of knocking off all that talk of England finishing second to get an, an easier route to the final which they're not making by the way <laughs> uh you know they've got to play a, a pretty solid colombia side so i'm not too sure uh what will happen but i i think england can get it done i don't think they're as bad as some people say i don't think they're as good as their fans think they are but i don't think they're as bad as some others say i think they're i think they'll win this outside of harry kane who's going to score their goals like that's probably the question hey I think Raheem Sterling, he hasn't had a great start for the tournament. He showed against Panama, you know, he linked up really well with Jesse Lingard after his wonder strike. He's going to he's gonna have to have a massive game, and I'm really hoping he does because I don't want them to lose and then Sterling to become a sca- scapegoat again for the bloodthirsty British press. Uh you know, they're going to rely on Kane. They've shown they're really good from set pieces. John, St- I mean, John Stones has scored more goals than Messi at this World Cup, for God's sake. Clinical. How, how much would they have been paying pre-tournament? Uh, I'm not sure. We don't have any contacts within the betting industry, but I would, <laughs> I would hazard a guess it would be quite high. Um, boys, just one last thing before we, uh, you know, before we head off. We had a discussion last time the three of us were here about South Korea. Ben, I want you to eat some humble pie. I still maintain they were bad in that <laughs> game. I don't care. No, they beat they beat the worst the worst one of the worst defending champions in history, and they had so many opportunities to do it. If they were clinical on the counter attack, they would have beaten Germany five nil. Instead, they had to wait till what second minute of injury time to finally score. I'll take a 2-0 win, They're to still, be honest. Yeah, I'll take a 2-0 win. I, mean, I don't uh, care. Uh, over Germany. I mean, credit, Sun, credit you know, to them. They weren't, they weren't as bad as they were in their previous two games. But they were still dire to watch in the final third. Ah, seeing Sun kick the ball into the open net. That was beautiful. Yeah, Manuel Neuer just playing FIFA. He was yeah. playing as a, as, a, <laughs> like, as a central midfielder in that final five. Well. Yeah. That, sums every, yeah. that sums up the German tournament, doesn't it? Yeah, I couldn't have been feeling too good once uh, once he saw that ball <laughs> go into his second half. I was feeling good. <laughs> and then I was thinking about Ben as well when he said, hmm, maybe I should have been in goal then. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! And on that note, that's all from us today. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to receive each podcast when it drops. Also, be sure to give us a rating on iTunes. My parents have both given us five-star ratings, so, you know, do you want to be as cool as my parents, really? 
We'll be back on Wednesday to wrap up the final few round of 16 games and we'll preview the quarterfinals plus the usual bants. Bants with the air quotations. Banterbury. <laughs> the Archbishop of Banterbury, that was my nickname. <laughs> As you can tell from the reaction of that joke, it was <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, not deserved. Yeah, over our heads. <laughs> thanks, man. Anyway, thanks for joining us. It's goodbye for everyone in the studio. Until next time. Thanks. See you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.